0: Good morning and welcome to the Intelligent Espresso, from the Security Dissertary. Every week we aim to steer the world affairs in the field of security and intelligence to the bite and hopefully entertaining the morning briefing. Joined by my colleague, I'm Chen On this week's episode, we will be discussing the scramble for Africa, and competition among the global power to court this continent. We will also be providing an update to an unauthorized Chinese police outpost in New York, an update of the Sudan Civil War and conclude with the Russia vote retaliation after Poland cease embassy school. Unlike the colonial scramble for Africa in the 19th century, today's great power competition is more of the courtship. Countries like US, China, Russia, France and England are very viring for Africa's partnership in areas such as economic growth and border protection. So what driving this intense interest in Africa, for one, the continent is home to many rare earth minerals critical to powering the next generations of innovations and green growth. Securing reliable access to these minerals is imperactive for countries like US who are currently lagging behind China. Additionally, Africa is experiencing a population boom unequaled in war today. With some cities projected to be among the largest population centers on the earth in the near future, the population growth could power the future economic growth globally or in mismanage lead to the political instability with the ripple effect filled worldwide. But perhaps the most importantly, African countries represent the large voting bloc of members of UN marking their support essential for any power-seeking to claim the title of global leader. While the U.S. has recently renewed its focus on Africa, the continent's leaders remain skeptical. The painful history of Western imperialism, along with the modern day challenge like climate change debate stress, and pandemic response continued to shape Africans' perception of U.S. policy. President Biden has offered Africa a new partnership with increased representation in global decision-making. However, Russia and China has made a similar offer, recognizing Africa's importance to their own geopolitical and economic ambitions. It's clear that the U.S. has its work cut off for it, as Washington tried to reestablish its relationship with Africa. While keeping rival debate, it must focus on the issues that matter most to African, rather than demoralizing about the competitor's action. Can U.S. successfully rekindle its relationship with Africa, or is it too little, too late? Only time will tell. In this part, we are going to discuss the recent arrest of two individuals in New York charged with the conspiring with the Chinese government and running an authorized Chinese police outpost. This case marks the first time a criminal charge has been brought in connection with the such outpost. The two men, Lu Jianwang and Chen Jinping, were arrested on April 17th. charged with the conspiring to act as an agent of Chinese government and obstructing justice. They are accused of using outposts to intimidate Chinese dis- dissidents living in the U.S. on Chinese behalf. In addition, a charge was unveiled against 34 Chinese police officers accused of ext- harassing Chinese nations in New York area and 8 Chinese officials accused of directing Zoom employee in China to remove the dissidents from the platform. The unauthorized outpost was overseen by Fuzhou Municipal Public Security Bureau, a branch of the Chinese Minister of Public Security, and is one of the many such operations around the world. This outpost has been a source of concern of the diplomat and intelligent official. During a news conference announcing a charge of U.S. Attorney Peake, says that today's charge crystal clear. Response to the PRC that we are on to you. We know what are doing. And we will stop it from happening in the United States of America. The FBI has previously searched the police outpost located at One O Seven East Broadway as part of their investigation. Officials in Ireland, Canada, and Netherlands have been also called China to shut down the similar operation in their country. Lu and Chen. Are accused of destroying test message between themselves and their handler at the Ministry of Public Security in October 2022. They were also charged with conspiring to act as an agent of the People's Pub- Republic of China without registering with the Justice Justice Department as required by law. The American authority maintained that the purpose of illegal police outpost was to silence arrest and a threatened individual in the United States. In response, Wang being a spokesman for China's foreign ministry, dismissed the charge as a political manipulation in opposed to the U.S. smearing of China. The two other cases in which charges were brought on April 17 revolved around a political speech in the digital sphere. One expanded case, filed in 2020, accused a China-based executive, at Zun, of its Disrupting and censoring the commemorations of the 1989 Tiananmen Square massacre, the amended the complaint unsealed on Monday expands to charge eight Chinese officials and persons who prosecutors says that directed the activity. The final case charged by 34 officers of China Ministry of Public Security was operating the troll farm to attack the Chinese dissidents so division and disseminate disinformation. The officers were part of an elite task force called 912 Special Project Working Group, accused of creating thousands of fake profiles on social media sites, like Twitter, to spread the propaganda on various topics.
1: With an estimated 39 million citizens, Sudan is the largest nation in Africa. It shares its borders with Libya, Egypt, Chad, the Central African Republic, South Sudan, Ethiopia and Eritrea. Sudan has been engulfed in a civil war as a result of the ongoing struggle between the country's army and paramilitary force which began on the 15th of April. This long-standing civil war has reached the capital Khartoum and the state now risks complete collapse. Rapid disintegration has caused gangs to rampage through deserted streets, with neighbourhoods being shelled and hit by airstrikes, and food and gas supply running out at an alarming pace. The UN has said that the Sudanese humanitarian crisis is reaching a breaking point. The conflict is basically a power struggle between General Mohamed Hamdan Dagalo, also known as Humeti the head of the paramilitary rapid support forces which evolved out of the Janjaweed militias of Darfur and General Abdul Fatah al-Burhan, the chief of the armed forces who are both vying for the control of Sudan. This occurs two years after they collaborated to carry out a military coup which halted the democratic transition that had started after protesters forced the overthrow of longtime autocrat Omar al-Bashir in 2019. In recent months, negotiations were underway for a return to the democratic transition. This began to cause tensions between Hameti and Burhan over how the RSF should be integrated into the Sudanese army under an internationally backed framework deal for civilian government and also over the chain of command in the lead-up to the elections. The Sudanese who have fought for civilian rule fear that the military will tighten its hold on power and that the former Bashir regime officials will make a comeback as a result of this chaos. But let's turn the clock back a little bit the Darfur uprising 20 years ago planted the seeds for Sudan's demise. The rebel factions in western Sudan's Darfur region started an uprising against the government there, claiming it had marginalized the area. The government retaliated with a ruthless counter-insurgency campaign, attacking areas and civilians believed to be aiding the insurgents with the help of the Janjaweed militia. Countless violations of human rights have occurred during the conflict, including genocide, ethnic cleansing, forced eviction, mass murder, and rape. And since the situation substantially worsened in 2021, an approximate of 3.2 million internally displaced persons are said to have been created. Now, what are the implications of this war? Neither the civilian nor the military government has made any meaningful effort to address the economic and political inequalities in these regions, and it it was only a matter of time until the violence spread to encompass the core in Khartoum. The RSF are a much more mobile force and are adept at using guerrilla tactics in urban areas, whereas the Sudanese armed forces have air power, tanks and superior logistics. Lan Boswell of International Crisis Group has said that South Sudan and Chad appear to be at the most risk for immediate spillover. But the longer the fighting continues, the more likely it is that there will be significant outside intervention. Sudan was actually taken off the US list of countries supporting terrorism after the Khartoum administration decided to establish diplomatic ties with Israel in 2020. Following the military coup in 2021, billions in loans and aid were suspended. The strong ethnic, religious, and political power component has made the issue in Sudan very complicated, with the power to destabilize this entire region. The stakes are incredibly high, as the victor will probably become Sudan's next president, while the loser risks exile, arrest, or even death. Analysts believe that Egypt, which has close ties to the army, and Gulf Arab states, which seem to have influence over Hamedi, could put pressure on them to de-escalate.
2: Moving on, our next topic is concerning Poland and Russia. The diplomatic relation just suffered a significant downturn, which might have serious ramifications. Indeed, on April 13th, the city of Warsaw took over a building on 45 Kieletska Street that had been used as a local by the Russian embassy to run their Russian high school. The building has been retaken by Polish authorities after a court judgment, made on January 18, 2016, ruled that this building has been illegally used by the Russian embassy for years. The spokesman for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Vukash Yashina, declared that Warsaw representative and the Ministry of Foreign Affairs have made numerous attempts to regulate the legal status of the property. Unfortunately, the Russian side has not been cooperating and Poland decided to act after, after numerous years. Moreover, Poland authorities also pointed out that this building has no diplomatic status. Therefore, it is not covered by diplomatic immunity. Despite this Polish justification, the consequences of this diplomatic action were already significant, as Russia implemented them on Russian and Polish soil. In Moscow, the Polish charge d'affaires Jacek Sladewski was summoned to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs on May 2nd to discuss this issue with Russian authorities, while in Poland, Ambassador Sergei Andreev stated that his diplomatic mission had already issued a letter of protest to the Polish Ministry of Foreign Affairs in response to what he qualifies as a forced seizure of the school building. The Russian Foreign Ministry also issued a statement on the day of the, the facility was taken over, according to Moscow. Warsaw's actions go beyond civilized international communication and violate the 1961 Vienna Convention on Diplomatic Relations. The Kremlin considers this a serious blow to Russian diplomatic influence and has threatened Poland's authorities and Polish interests in Russia with harsh consequences. The strong Russian reaction and communication around the incident have also raised some backlash in Poland. Stanisław Jarin, the government plenipotentiary for the security of information space of the Polish Republic, commented on the Kremlin's action and qualified these accusations of aggression and international violations as fallacious, aimed at raising aggression and hostility towards Poland. Jarin also highlights that Russia considerably omits in their communication the legal element surrounding the case. What remains certain in this case is that it illustrates clearly Poland's attempt to reduce Russia's influence on Polish soil. Polish security services have been increasingly concerned with Russian influence, particularly spying. Several arrests of Russian spies were disclosed to the press during the last month. For example, the district prosecutor's office in gdańsk announced at the end of March the arrest of a suspected spy in the Pomorsky and Kuryavsko-Poborsky Voivodeship, who was obtaining and collecting information on critical infrastructure and secret services activity for the Kremlin's benefit. Retaking control over over this illegally owned Russian embassy building is one of the latest decisions made by other Polish authorities to prevent possible interference or security leaks towards Russia.
0: That's it for this week's edition of the Intelligence Espresso from the Security Distillery. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and follow us on Instagram at the Security Distillery. On behalf of my colleagues here in Dublin, Yohe, Fiora, and Mikola, I'm Christopher Dunn. We'll see you next week.